Casting from mondays.pop.com, it's Mondays with your host, Carl Franklin. This is Jeff Maciolik here in the studio with Carl, Richard Campbell, and Mark Miller announcing show number 15, Star Wars Schmars Wars, stand in line for the Olympics. Mondays is produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio and podcasting services online at www.pwop.com And now, the man whose earliest music sounds like Carmen Miranda on acid, Carl Franklin. Yeah! Not bad, Jeff. A little bit more enthusiastic than last week. I'm impressed. Guys, what do you think? I think the vice grip on his nuts worked. (laughs) How are you, guys? I'm okay. Mark, how are you doing? Oh, I don't know. I'm pissed off about the, this Michael Jackson thing, man. I was on Google earlier today, and the uh, the headline is, you know, Michael Jackson, you know, or, or or you know, one of the guys, one of his former employees or whatever, was testifying that Michael Jackson touched a, he saw Michael Jackson touch a boy inappropriately, and I was just thinking, you know, any kind of touching from Michael Jackson, I think, would be pretty much inappropriate, you know. <laughs> Like, I can just see him, like, you know, it's okay, Mark, here, let me touch you. I mean, get your hands off of me, Michael. I mean, I don't want to, you just don't touch me, man. That's creepy. I don't want your hand touching me. And then, oh, and then they had a little picture, you know, a picture of his face with his with his freakish nose? Right. They had a picture of that, and it said, click to enlarge. And I'm thinking, no fucking way. I'm not going to click that. I just couldn't believe it, man. Yeah, the last thing I would want to do would be to enlarge Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, of geez. any kind. Well, you know, I was at a website today, and you know that happens all the time. You get the little click to enlarge, and, you, you know, it's a one-inch square icon. And you click it, and the same one-inch square icon pops <laughs> up in a new window. Don't you love Psych. that? Oh, yeah. Come on, people. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Or I've actually had some cases where the uh, what you get is a resized image, and you click the click to enlarge, you actually get a smaller image. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and the thumbnail is actually five gigs, you know? It's just oh, huge. What kind of world do we live in, man? It's yeah, insane. man. What kind of fucked up world is this? Well, uh, Karen's not here this week. Um, don't know why. We'll find out next week, I'm sure. Yeah, just don't check the trunk of my car. <laughs> and uh, I have a new, I have a new bit to announce, though. It's the week in geek. Well, I love the music. Oh, it's totally original. I wrote every note of it. it took me hours to compile all the sound effects together in acid and churn out a wave file anyway from the new and innovative ways to share homemade porn department this week google is about to start accepting video content from the public for its google video service and this is true a system now in public beta testing that lets anyone search a variety of tv clips by keyword and you thought there was nothing on cable just wait till you have 10,000 videos that match the keywords reality show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. 
Google is also fetching on demand and then again not on demand. Google announced on March 31st that they will support the Firefox feature of link prefetching in which the first website listed on Google will automatically start to download in the background when you get the results of a search in the browser. I mean, is this a good idea? Now you can get all the spyware, worms, and viruses that you want without even clicking on a link. (laughs) What will those Google people think up next? I mean, come on. Are we that lazy that we can't click the link and wait for the frickin' page to download like everyone else? I don't know about you, but I think companies are loving any technology like podcasting or link prefetching in which they can count the hits, even if nobody's consuming the content. Mm. Yeah. Well, anyway, did you guys know that Star Wars geeks are lining up for no movie? Star Wars fans are lining up outside the Grauman's Chinese Theater in Los Angeles for the premiere of Star Wars Episode Three, which comes out on May 19th, six weeks from now. <laughs> yeah, baby. According to Internet sources, there are actually people answering the payphone. Sources say that Grauman's Theater is not going to show Star Wars Episode Three, but why should that stop the fans from standing in line? Oh, I love it. That's awesome. The people on liningup.net message boards have spoken with Man Corporate, that's the company that owns the Grauman Theater, and the movie is officially not booked and with no plans for booking. This is also the position of the general manager at the theater. All the reports are now saying that Star Wars will be premiered at the Arclight instead. So, as of April 5th, the facts are this. One, the Star Wars line is still outside of Grauman's. Two, Grauman's has confirmed that Star Wars will not be playing at Grauman's. Three, the Arclight Theater has confirmed that Star Wars will be playing at the Arclight. So let's call the line and find out what's going on. The number of the payphone is 323-462-9609. Wow. Star Wars line. This is Carl Franklin from Mondays. Who's this? This is Sarah. Sarah, is it true? Are you really standing in line outside Grauman's Chinese Theater? Yeah, I'm technically sitting at the moment, but otherwise, you've got it right. So now, the there's how many people are in this line? Uh, we've actually got about 20 now. Okay. So the facts are, as I understand them, that there's a bunch of people that think Star Wars 3 is going to be premiering at Grauman's Chinese Theater in L.A., and Grauman's has confirmed that it's not going to be shown there, and actually, the Arclight Theater has confirmed that it is going to be shown at the Arclight, so why the hell are you guys still in line? Well, okay, here's the thing. First of all, we have Internet access, and we're pretty well aware of, of who's saying what. So uh, it's not a matter of, of we're under a delusional, you know, dream state where, we, where we're not aware that what the Arclight is doing and what the, what the folks at the Chinese have said. Okay. Uh, having said that, I'm not sure you're aware of the history of Star Wars here in Hollywood, but it premiered originally in this theater, uh, which we're right in front of, well, more or less right in front of, okay. in 1977, and nowhere else in Hollywood. It was only in a couple dozen theaters at all. And so this is kind of, you know, this is where the Star Wars history is, and this is where the big lines formed in 80 and 83, with, you know, hundreds of people in the street waiting mm-hmm. to see this this incredible phenomenon. 
And this is where we're we're gonna be. So. so you actually think that you're you're are you there? Are you standing in line in protest because you think it should be there? I'm not a I'm not a protesting kind of girl. I'm yeah. more of a persuading and hoping kind of girl. We're so, not we're we don't have signs. Well, we have signs, but we don't have signs that say like you know, Grommans or whatever. Yeah, but we're, despite. We're just, but despite the fun. but despite the fact that Grommans has said no and ArcLight has said yes, you're still not moving. No, have you ever been to the ArcLight? I haven't. Yeah, it's a little bit of a sterile environment, and there's not a whole lot around it. We have some really great relationships with all the local businesses. The, mm-hmm. the Hollywood Souvenirs right next door to us—they gave us free electricity. Mm. I mean, how awesome is that? We wouldn't be able to have the things that we have here, the relationships that we have here. But the show's in the not ArcLight area. But Star Wars isn't going to be shown there. Well, yeah, but you can get tickets online. So, I mean, what's the point in standing in line there when it's no fun to stand in line there and we have great relationships with the people here? Well, what's the point of standing in line there? Because it's fun. Oh, okay. So your guys are well aware that the show isn't going to be there. Yeah, pretty darn sure. You're just standing in line for the fun of it. Well, that and, you know, we are holding out some, you know, hope. Okay. We believe in hope. So you think that maybe if the line gets big enough that they'll open and, and they'll relent and show show it there instead? I believe that if it's meant to be, it'll happen, and if not, we can deal. <laughs> okay. What's the weirdest thing that's happened? How, how long has this been going on? A few days? We've been here since Saturday. What's the weirdest thing you've seen so far? Oh, well, have you ever been to Hollywood? Sure. You see like a million weird things an hour. Uh-huh. Uh... Have you picking seen like one is like I don't know picking your favorite color of M and M's? It's like how do you choose? Uh, have you seen like jo- uh, Chewy and and uh, no, Jar Jar no, holding hands or anything? Them, but you know that that's that's kind of normal for Hollywood. <laughs> that's wrong. Um, <laughs> you seen a fat guy dressed up as a stormtrooper? <laughs> no, no, none of them are here today. Uh, you know, they're, okay. they're, they're around here, but not not specifically passing by me. So your line um, doesn't have people in Star Wars garb. Oh, let me check. Nope, not right now. It's it, it, when it gets really cold. Some people put the robes on because it's really, really warm. But otherwise, no. So, would you say that this is a new hope? Well, it's kind of an old hope reborn. But, you know, the what? That's kind of that's kind of you know what that whole movie was about. Yeah. So, so, so in a perfect world, what's going to happen? Oh, in a perfect world, we're going to be here. We're going to have an awesome time, and we're going to see it on twelve oh one a.m. on May nineteenth in the Grand Chinese Theater. And that is we like, don't live in a perfect world, so. But that's know. six weeks away. I mean, sure. is, are you guys taking shifts, or I mean, what? We sign in and out. It's like your job. You don't have to be there twenty four seven to get paid. Hey. Okay, okay. Now you're not getting paid for this, obviously. No, we're not. We're actually paying to do it. Right. Ah, more pizza. Yeah, Awesome. I see. So it's kind of just like the whole community spirit thing. It has really nothing. Oh, yeah. So nobody really believes that it that that Grumman's is lying and uh, just to get you guys to go away or something. No, we have a great relationship with the Grumman's Chinese Theater. All right. Well, that's pretty weird. I got to tell you. Thanks for uh, thanks for letting us talk to you. No problem. Feel free to call back anytime. All right. Maybe we will. Bye bye. Bye. Just for those <laughs> listeners who didn't get the number the first time, we encourage you to call the payphone and talk to Sarah or anyone else in the Star Wars line. And the number again is 323-462-9609. Have a good time with that one, folks. And that's the Week in Geek. Wow. That was amazing. Yeah. Oh, I'm at the liningup.net, and the countdown is running. 
40 days, five hours, 14 minutes, 57 seconds to go. You what? know, Carl, I got to say, they've got electricity. They've got internet access. They might even But they got have... no fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know, man. Free place to live. Possibly hot she, Star she's Wars She's right chicks. about the arc light, though. <laughs> she really is. Okay, I mean, but... you know, And maybe by that time, you know, like uh, the new Triple X movie will come out. You know the one with that I guess Van Damme's not in or Van Diesel, Van, <laughs> Diesel. Van Screwy Head? <laughs> I mean, that's all fine, and it might be a cool line, and they might have electricity and pizza and everything, but what the fuck are they standing alive for? I don't know. You There's know, no movie. regarding Triple X, uh, you know, I have to say the casting of Ice Cube. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not very big on Ice Cube. I think when it comes to rappers with ice in their name who are also actors, I think Ice T is far superior to Ice Cube. Oh, let's, let's discuss that for the next half hour, shall we? <laughs> That's a great topic for Mondays, Jeff. Yeah, I don't know. I was just trying to make something Good funny after your God. brief rant about the stupid movie. I mean, you know, it's not like you had enough about 15 minutes of, of gee, this is stupid, and then you got to keep going after your segment ends. Hey, this is still stupid. All right, Carl. I was just trying to move the show along, but if you want to wallow in the Star Wars line, that's fine with me. Uh, what I really want to hear is Mark Miller's uh, report on the people that are dumber than him this week. Mark, I want to hear about them dumb people. Well, I, it's going to be a little short one uh, this week. Uh, I've got uh, one story in the news, and I also have a personal story that I was going to tell before I started that. Um, okay. Uh, you know, again, I want to remind remind everybody out there, this is for you guys who are, uh, you know, working with smarter folks. And, uh, you know, it's no point in being intimidated by other people being smarter than you like like I used to be. Instead, you just listen to this segment and you'll find people that are dumber than you, plenty of them. So so anyway, uh, the, this, this is a personal story. Uh, this is about my uh, this is actually about my wife. Uh, it turns out she's actually dumber than me. No. Uh, no. Oh, no. No, it's true. Um, this, this, this happened when we were dating. Uh, we were uh, in a hotel at some conference or something like that and uh, we were in the uh, X exercise room we were running on these treadmills side by side uh you know doing exercise late at night and she decides that she she has this brilliant idea that uh she's gonna pants me she's gonna reach over and you know pull down my shorts while i'm running she thinks it's gonna just be hilarious (laughs) so i'm running along and all of a sudden i hear this and i I look over and she's fallen down and she's being dragged by the conveyor belt but she's holding on She's holding on to the to the um to the bar at the front, so she you know like is it like I don't know like somebody holding on to a car, that's <laughs> dragging him along. Finally, she realizes, uh, you know, all this pain in my lower thigh here. It's because I'm holding on. So, <laughs> so she lets go, and this thing she's running at like thirty miles per hour. It shoots her. The conveyor belt shoots her out the back. She ends up in a slump out the back. She, she's got these thin, thin vertical lines, parallel vertical lines down her leg from the um, oh, from the thing. It just burned these. I never seen anything like it in my life. Anyway, oh God, I, I, I told her that was God punishing her. <laughs> yeah, God was on my side. Pantsing. Did you find out she was supposed to be pantsing you while she was getting trashed? <laughs> yeah, yeah by she. The well, she explained that to me. I had no idea what was going on. I'm just like you know running along, thumb thumb by looking. I go, why the fuck is she holding on? <laughs> <laughs> she she lets go, shoots her out the back, and so honey, 
You, sir, are dumber than me. Yeah, this just goes to show you, pantsing is never a good idea. Last yeah. time yeah. I got pantsed, no. it was in a room full of girls, and the boxers came down with the pants. It was not oh, fun. very nice. Yeah. Was that at camp, by any chance? No, it was actually at one of my friend's houses, a guy named Deep, who was doing a movie night, and I think we might have actually been watching Star Wars movies. I don't and know. that's when 30 women all decided simultaneously to become Bam, lesbians. lesbians. <laughs> they were like, oh my god, is that what it is? Oh, okay, we're going to be lesbians. That's it. Oh, Jeff has that effect on women. (laughs) Yes, I do. All right, and here's my story. Uh, Brian Reed, an unemployed British burglar, was a little low on spare change, (laughs) so he decided to break into a Hazel Grove restaurant late Friday night. Mr. Reed, an expert in stealth thieving techniques, decided to enter the restaurant in a manner that would go unnoticed by passers-by. So this genius smashed the restaurant's front plate glass window and stepped through it. (laughs) Having succeeded at the breaking in part, Mr. Reed decided to push his luck a bit and help himself to one of the many exotic drinks offered by the local establishment. Here we go. One thing led to another, and soon Mr. Reed was well on his way to Happy Land, consuming (laughs) almost $200 worth of booze, including eight bottles of spirits and liqueurs, and completely forgetting that he was there to steal money. Oh, jeez. Ooh. Happy Land soon turned into Blackout Land, as Mr. Reed's Reed was discovered slumped over a table Saturday morning by Italian owner Vito Angrisani. Mr. Reed had gotten so sloshed, he was still unconscious and unable to walk when police came to take him away. The ironic thing was the door was unlocked. <laughs> yeah. You know, you might be right, man. In the cash, just laying out with a sign says, take me. <laughs> This is the problem with ADD today. You know, kids are watching too much MTV. They grow up. They become burglars. They break in. They forget what the fuck they were there for. They have some drinks. Anyway, during his late night lock-in, Mr. Reed even tried to call his buddies to come over to join him using the restaurant's credit card pin machine, which he clearly thought was a phone. Oh, (laughs) jeez. They found him repeatedly trying to dial in the numbers in the phone. They found a history of his friend's numbers in the the credit card pin machine. A worker at the restaurant said he had drunk the creme de menthe and Italian liquors. All that stuff that will make you really ill if you have a lot. (laughs) And throw up in Walt Disney Technicolor. Yeah. Reed is now sitting in the slammer, sentenced to four months in jail for burglary and causing criminal damage. So, Mr. Reed, you window-smashing, liquor-guzzling cat burglar, put down that pin machine. It's not a phone. And for God's sakes, man, you're a thief. Try to stay focused. You're there to steal. You, sir, are dumber than me. All right. Yeah. All right. So that's my dumber than me. I have uh, the other thing I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about, I wanted to revisit nipple horror. Ugh. Uh, you, uh. you may remember, I don't know if you guys have actually cleaned it. You actually may have cleaned it, cleansed it from your brains since the first time. But I think the very first show I was on, I told three stories of nipple horror. <laughs> I have a fourth one. A fourth nipple? The fourth story. Of nipple horror, yes. And I, I can't believe I overlooked it in the first the first one, but... At any rate, this happened when we were in a um, in a, a kind of a, a programming apartment. We were starting off one of the products we were working on. We had uh, three guys revolving around inside this apartment. And so three guys living together in an apartment. We all had separate bedrooms. Um, but, uh, but one time, one of the guys came out, and he wasn't wearing a shirt. And uh, and I found myself hypnotically tranced, mesmerized uh, by his grotesquely disfigured pancake-sized nipples. Oh! oh ah. 
Good lord! I was I couldn't look away, and I couldn't think about anything else. And, I, and, and, and then somebody, the other guy that was here, came out at the same time, and he was like, "Oh, put those things away." <laughs> Like oh god oh man oh dude I was like oh thank God somebody broke me from it was like it was like I was in like one of those Disney movies where the snake comes out and hypnotizes you and somebody else came out and hit the snake and I was like thank fucking God somebody well, said something know, were they swinging left and right like a pendulum like they used to hypnotize people no they weren't they weren't swinging but they were pretty gross well anyway this god. whole thing came to mind because there was the, the, I, I had a uh, I I had an I am with the other guy just the other day and we were talking about it and. Uh, 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 and my response was, well, you know, this guy, I, I, the response thing I am that I wrote back is I said, look, this guy is is merely a walking host for the devil who lives in one of his grotesquely disfigured pancake-sized nipples. <laughs> ah. uh, are we talking the, silver dollar or flapjack here? No, these are flapjack, baby. Oh, these are not Jesus silver dollar. Okay? <laughs> these, are, these are the flapjacks you get down at the Rotary Special, pancake special that you get once a year, man. Yeah, where the guy only wants to make four pancakes today. Where the guy takes that machine, you know, the old guys, the old guys there, and he's got that machine where he squeezes it and, and the batter flows out, so it makes this perfect round pancake but he forgets to let go that's what we're talking about good oh. freaking god but the, the thing is that the devil lives in one of those pancake sized nipples the other nipple is simply grotesquely disfigured and pancake sized <laughs> <laughs> now the guy i'm the guy i'm i'm i am with comes back and he says sound of vomiting and laughing he says uh, my i am window lacks this sound he can't do this you know with a special key <laughs> <laughs> then I reply back and I said, you know, the devil actually spoke to me through his nipple, but I was so grossed out and distracted by the surrounding pancake sized disfigurement. I couldn't concentrate on what the devil was saying. It was something about selling him my bowl, something like that. I'm not sure what the devil would want to do with my bowl, but I have a suggestion. Cover up those freaking pancake sized nipples, dude. <laughs> All right. Oh, so that's oh my, man. That's my that's my uh, tale of nipple horror from I, I am. And and related to I am, I thought as another service that I would do is I would uh, run by acronyms, you know, as they as they occur to me that you guys can use in your IMs, you know, maybe some new stuff to save you some typing. So here's one. These are these are real ones. Like uh, this one. Uh, this one was uh, one of the guys in my company uh, said this was a term they used all the time when they were he was at a banking company in New York. It was called BSD. BSD for big swinging dick. <laughs> and, and BSD is a term that they refer they used to refer to the top sales guy, the guy that had the most sales because he had like the most clout in the company. Uh. So BSD. So that's not an insult. That's a no. It's not. That's it's a term like, of endearment. You know, that's the that's the BSD man. You want to you want to be the BSD if you can. <laughs> yeah, anybody so. who thinks that BSD actually refers to the Berkeley whatever the heck it is the the Unix clone. Sockets. No no no. Yeah. No no. It's not, it's not that. It's actually big swinging dick. Yeah. HMS humping my secretary. <laughs> it's like you know you're, you're on a break. You can't talk. That kind of thing. You can just type in HMS. Right. Don't have to type in the whole thing anymore. Right. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> Instead of BRB I, for be right back, you say HMS. I know. I know. So I'm saying now a lot of you, I know a lot of you out there are going, "Oh my God, why didn't I think of this?" <laughs> like trying to, you know, H. You know, and it comes out harm because it can make second attack theory. You know, because you're just having trouble concentrating. Oh, uh, GTAD got to take a dump. <laughs> very useful very no useful. need to write that out anymore gtad gotta take a dump mm. 
And then finally, uh, PHB, we use this one all the time, personal hygiene break. That's essentially a euphemism for GTAD, got to take a dump. <laughs> so, and then uh, my boss thinks it means pointy hair boss whenever I type that in. But uh, anyway, no, it's PHB, personal hygiene break. So that's it. Those are my acronyms of the week. So well, I got to ask you again, what, was, what did BSD stand for again? BSD, big swinging dick. So there's net big swinging dick, open big swinging dick, and free big swinging dick, which is what Mac OS X is based on, the free big swinging dick. Ah, right. very good. Good to know. The service I provide to you, our yeah. listeners. You know, I had a, I had a dream uh, the other night. Uh, that's scary. I, I almost wish Roy were here. He was on the show like once before, and I know he did some dream interpretation thing he wanted to do, but I had a dream that was pretty cool. I had to... Uh, I was... Uh, uh, out in space, and uh, I was watching the planets spin around the sun. Um, but but they, I was giant, and the planets were tiny, and and they were kind of going by, and you know their full full elliptical orbits were something like you know maybe about thirty feet long or forty feet long, and they had uh, little trails of um, kind of like an orange kind of sparkly kind of effervescence kind of kind of trailing behind them, so you could kind of see the elliptical patterns as they were going around. And then I hear this voice that says, uh, well, you know, they're not elliptical paths at all. And I turn and it's fucking Einstein in my dream, man. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm doing, I'm like, Einstein, what are you doing out here in space with me? And you know what, how the fuck can we breathe? You know, we have no oxygen. And he says, he says, never mind that. He says, watch this. And he, and he takes the elliptical paths and he unravels them. All, all of them for all the planets. He puts the planets side by side in parallel paths, and he shows me how they still maintain their distances with each other when they're going in parallel paths. And he said, he told me that the elliptical paths that we were viewing them in, is, is it's just because of the dimension that we're in in which we're viewing them. And that when you unravel it and look at it from, from, from this perspective, they're actually quite parallel. So... I was like, fucking A, man, but you don't have, like, a, a spacesuit on, dude. And so, anyway, he was trying to tell me something about the paths, but I was just, couldn't figure out why, how he could breathe. You were a little fixated. Yeah. Hey, so. Brian uh, says that Jeff's, Jeff's got a new acronym, M-A-L, making a lesbian. <laughs> That's a pretty yeah. good one. That's funny, man. Well, you know, we're a bunch of geeks and we're all about toys, and there's nobody who knows toys better than Richard Campbell. It's time for Richard, the toy boy. What is on the menu for the weird and the wild word of geek toys? The weird and the wild world of geek toys this evening, Richard. Keep working it, man. Well, I had to try and start off with a serious toy, but it wasn't too, too serious. Actually, you know... After my rant about the whole Japanese toy thing, about, look, tempura shrimp at USB keys is the end, right? <laughs> no more food USB. And I admit, I'm never going to do food USB again, I swear. <laughs> but. 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 The Japanese just came through this week. I'm up to my eyeballs in completely cool Japanese toys. Cool. I'm amazed. So this is not really a toy, but it's very cool. And so I, I got to. Shrinksterize it for you. It's at shrinkster.com slash 4NQ. So that's November Quebec. And it's actually, I'm going to take you to the uh, the Inquirer site talking about this Japanese company that's made a magnetic heat exchanger. Ooh. Mm. So instead of using water or air to cool your CPU, they're using um, metal alloy nanoparticles suspended in oil. 
Whoa. And they use solid magnets to pump the fluid around. It's a Sweet. magnetic fluid. So there's no electrical pump required. Wow. I like cool? it, man. All right. I got a question here. I'm reading the site. If you can make something flow just using a solid core magnet, or rather just using a, a permanent magnet, why don't we have perpetual motion yet? Well, that's just perpetual motion, Jeff, implies... Zero sum energy. Yeah, right. Getting back more yeah. energy you put in. So, do you, is is I, I'm aware. Is the do you suppose the flow is related to the the fact that one side of this thing is cooler than the other side? Why? Yes, it is because there's heat involved. The heat is actually creating the flow. The magnetism ah, helps drive it back. There's an so interesting cool. truth about magnets too, because there's been plenty of magnetic perpetual motion machines that magnets, as they affect ferrous metals, lose their magnetism. Now so that's again, there is energy transfer involved. See, if I was God, I wouldn't have made that happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's the difference. It would have been lossless, lossless energy transfer. That's what I would have done if I was yeah, that powerful. And the world would be just a big cloud of supercharged particles. It'd be a giant fucking magnet. That's what it'd be. And we'd all be made out of magnets. We'd be magnet people. And we'd all be like, I'm falling. I can't get up. And everybody else would be like, I can't pick you up. I'm falling too. They'd be stuck to the planet, man. And I'd be like, okay, okay, maybe I should. The magnet people was pushing things too far. Now, I mean, I dig the magnetic thing from the Japanese company. That's cool. But what really put me over the top where I said I can say nothing bad about Japanese toys this week is at shrinkster.com slash 4NR. So November Romeo. This was the end of me. At that point, I said there was nothing I could do about this week. It's a cool Japanese toy week. Oh, my God. It's not real, is it? It's real. It's a walking two-story robot. Two stories? Yep. And the guns are real, too, right? Uh, No. And there's actually a movie there, so you can watch it walking. Oh, God, I accidentally clicked it. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> well, that's the sad part. When you actually watch it walk, it walks very sadly. It's not very... Uh, it's it sort of drags its feet as it walks at like 1.5 kilometers per hour, like a mile per hour. Does it really walk or does it just move the feet with wheels or something? Well, it doesn't really walk in the sense that it lifts the feet. It doesn't but lift it the does feet. It does move the feet. But the guns are real, right? Oh, come on. That's not um, a walker. No. That's just a little skateboard with a lot of shit on top of it. <laughs> but you can shoot people with the guns, right? <laughs> I, I'm noticing a theme in your commentary here, Mark. <laughs> well, like just bad people, right? Because I want to fight crime. I want def- to fight crime. I need something like this to get criminals. <laughs> All right. Do you want some... Walking electronics that's not quite as stupid as this. Please. Okay, man. Because this is very cool. Okay. You, you got to agree. It's very cool. No, it no, is. That's it's true. Cool. It's, it's cool. If it yeah. walked, it would be it's, cooler. It's cool in a, even just as a sculpture. <laughs> yeah. So. It's, it's, it's a land stander. It's called the land walker. They should <laughs> call it the land stander. The land shuffler. If you put it in reverse, it's a land moonwalker slash child molester. <laughs> now, the, check out the guy. The guy's like sitting in. I'm sorry to interrupt you, man. You were going to another site. But the guy's no, no, like sitting in going. this thing. He's like 12 feet off the ground. He's like, okay, I need my ladder. Will somebody bring me my ladder, please? <laughs> Tracer.com slash four November Sierra NS. This is actually just a news story. There's not much to see on this yet. <laughs> But I've been reading about this coming up for a while. It's called the Hybrid Assistive Limb. Essentially, it's an exoskeleton you put on. This is is like penis extension technology, right? 
Uh, no, this is walking extension technology. Oh, I was thinking something else. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, man. I, was, I just, you know, my operations next week, and so I, was, I wasn't sure if there was, you know, new technology I needed to be aware of or not. Go ahead. So for 20000 bucks. By the end of the year, you're going to be able to buy a suit that you put on. It's basically a frame harness that will allow you to carry uh, an additional 100 pounds on your back. And now they've got the arms working to add another 80 pounds of lift as well. Huh. The suit, unfortunately, weighs 200 pounds. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> and so you can't actually walk with it. <laughs> but their theory here is but besides the potential military applications right. is uh, supporting people who do have problems walking. So hmm. alternatives to wheelchairs. I could fight That's crime with cool. this thing, man. You could <laughs> fight crime with these things. Yeah. It sounds good for people with muscular disorders, not so much for people with neurological disorders. Yeah, because you do have to still send the signals. You have to move the limb, and it's reading the motion of the limb. So what oh, we need man. is some sort of way of interfacing to your brain instead. You know, I, I told this story to other people, and people think I'm crazy whenever I tell them this story. But there's a, there was a guy at Duke University that uh, was uh, doing experiments with monkeys, and he was sticking chips into their brains. And uh, he first would train them, hey, you know, move the joystick, get the arrow, or get the, get the reticule over the target. And when you do that, I'll squirt you some juice. So he trained them this video thing where they're moving it. Then they, uh, they, they took out the joystick. And uh, just we're, we're reading the uh, the signals from the brain. It's, it's, it's similar to voice recognition. In other words, when you move your arm in a particular way, like thousands of, 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 of signals get sent from the brain. But if you tap into like 10 or, or a few of them, you can, you can get a sense of what's happening. And that's what he was doing is he was essentially using similar kind of analysis, similar to, to uh, voice recognition technology. Hmm. And, and what he was doing is he was able to get the monkey to move. The monkey would still move his arm. Right in the the way he was, he was moving it before without the joystick, the re, the reticule would move, would move over the target. The monkey would get some juice. After time, the monkey just said, "Oh fuck, moving my arm! I'm not going to do this." <laughs> and he just moved right. the thing with his brain. That's cool. Just by, by plugging in. So I wrote the guy and I said, uh, "Yeah, you're looking for human volunteers. I'm going to be the first guy to to, to do this." <laughs> He, he didn't reply back. I guess he thought it was like some crazy guy or something like that. Yeah. No. Dude, if you're listening, I, I'm ready. I'm ready for my implant. The thing, that, the most amazing thing, thing to me about this implant, this thing they stick in your in your head, I think it's like a one inch by one inch square chip with all these little little probes, all these little wires sticking down. They have to put it in, into your brain super slow. Like it, it, it travels like I think 2.5 uh, millimeters in 30 minutes. And it, it they have to put it in very slow so they don't damage the brain as it goes in. Um, that I thought was the, one of the most amazing things. But man, you could stick that baby in me right now because I want to. I want to <laughs> write code without using my hands. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I was thinking Code Rush, the Brain Automation Edition. Yeah, so that's what I want to do. I want to. I want to just interface with the computer because because here's the thing: is I think I can actually move my fingers faster when I'm not moving them. In other words, I can think the thoughts to move them faster. And so mm. that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I want to do. So That's your goal. You think you're actually limited by the muscle, not by the motor system. That's what I'm saying. The speed of the muscle, I think, is, is, is slowing me down now because I've already, I've already optimized everything else. Now I just need to, you know. I'm just going to touch on this really briefly uh, because I know I want to get going with the toy boy here. But there was some research very recently in which they were able to uh, – there was a similar thing done with humans with an implant that instead of going into the motor section of the brain, actually went into one of the frontal sections. And instead of being able to tell when somebody was moving their arm, it could tell when they were going to move their arm. Ooh. And so they could track things 
by somebody thinking, okay, I'm going to go here. Okay, I'm going to go there before they'd actually completely decided that they that that was what they were going to do. And before they'd yeah, actually that scientist made the movement. Yeah, that looking at the Duke University scientist saying, hey, fuck you, man. I got it before, <laughs> man. <laughs> so anyway, I was thinking this technology would be great with this bionic suit that you, uh, you brought to us, man. Great combination. Back yes. to you. You ready? Back to you, Richard. I'm going to go up to a more intellectual piece of technology. Are you ready? Okay. Stranger.com slash four November Tango NT for new technology. From our fine friends in the United Kingdom comes the Haptic Cow Simulator Project. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what this is is an electronic oh! cow ass. Ah! Train veterinar- <laughs> veterinarians in how to. How to uh, palpate the bovine reproductive tract. Oh, that is so funny. Now, you, apparently it's very important for you to grope cow ovaries via their ass. <laughs> A good vet is happy to do this. And so, in the effort to decrease the stress of cows, I presume, with people not skilled in grabbing ovaries via the ass, oh. <laughs> they've built the hind half of a cow and wired it to a computer so that they can practice. This is a practice tool. Well, I was going to say this amazing coincidence because I actually ordered one of these last week. (laughs) (laughs) What I want to know why is they had to paint it to look like a cow with spots and everything. Does that help the veterinarian actually feel, you know? It's just so they can get in the mood. Come on, Bessie. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Come on, Bessie. That's it. So what's amazing to me, the thing that's most remarkable to me, and I guess you, you would have to think that something like this already, you know, would, would naturally exist, but these guys have gloves, they're latex gloves that go up to like their arms, right? <laughs> For specifically sticking their hands up like, you know, cow butts and and elephant butts and things like that. So they can, you know, relieve constipation and do those kinds of things. So there's some company out there that's got like their gloves for like apparently different sizes for different animal asses, you know? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, does it, does it strike you as like an odd thing to go into business to do? Uh, put that on your resume. Actually, I want to see the programmer who wrote the software for this try to explain to a future employer what he did for a living. I just want to know that if they use the haptic model for violin and viola bowing at the Suzuki school, when you actually do become a great violin player, that you actually have a relationship to a cow's ass that has to do with the beautiful music that you're playing. And would you ever say, you know, yes, this is the same, I use the same technology to practice the violin that the vets use on the cow's ass. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. We could combine these. Get a little, put a little violin inside the cow, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Next. Yeah, that was next. (laughs) Everybody knows about the Segway, right? The Segway is yes. no longer news. The thing that you ride, yeah. The riding thing, the Segway. Yep. yep. There's a new Segway. Oh, there's a new Shrinkster. Segway. Shrinkster.com slash four November uniform. Four NU. <laughs> oh, no. It's the all-terrain rugged Segway <laughs> XT. It's a Segway with knobby tires. <laughs> I like that. Check it no, out. No, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. Does it go faster? No. Oh, it's still 12.5 it's miles per hour. It's got mud guards, it's man. Frickin- How much is this thing? 3000 bucks. You could get a freaking mini bike for that. That'll go faster than that thing. 
<laughs> yeah, but you can't stand on your yes, mini Yes, but bike. then you wouldn't look like a dork. <laughs> can you, you know what I would uh, I would love to have that thing just so I can buzz the hikers on my nature trail. <laughs> Just go back for a second. Yeah. You know, just just go back and, you know, kind of just go right around them in circles and go zoom in by. All right. <laughs> if I had the opportunity for an afternoon to go out in the woods, I would walk. <laughs> Why would somebody do this? And look at me. I need the exercise, man. I'm not going to ride one of them things through the woods. What is the matter with people? I'm thinking the Segway guys are just trying to find a way to sell one. You think? I think. Have you ever ridden one? I have. Yeah? Yeah. There's a little. There was a little shop down near Granville Island, downtown Vancouver, the tourist area, that was renting them for an hour. So I, I took one out and rent, I rented one for an hour and rode around on it, which is a good thing, because by the time I got back, the guy had already gone broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I couldn't leave that one alone. You know, they're finally shipping in quantity the ruggedized version of the Segway. That's pretty awesome. You no, know, this this the guy that's got this company. He's got some cool stuff. He's got a a wheelchair that that the you know, it's, I guess it's got four wheels on it, and it can lift up on two of the wheels. You know, using the gyroscope technology and the computers inside, and and essentially stand up. In other words, raise the height of the guy sitting on it like like a few feet. You know, it's for reaching tall things, that sort of thing, for disabled person people. I mean, the guy's like just a great, great guy. I think his name is Dean Kamen. Yeah, it's Dean Kamen. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Well, Dean Kamen's original invention that made him wealthy was a portable... Um, was it a refrigerator? Uh, no, a... Uh, Water uh, purification? Dialysis machine. Huh. Okay. Right, okay, so that's right. the thing is up until... He's the one who originally came up with a dialysis machine small enough that you didn't have to go into a major hospital to get dialysis. Hmm. Which is, you know, a major improvement on people's lives who need dialysis. And uh, also, of course, is facilitating keeping uh, Osama bin Laden alive. <laughs> yeah. So, so if we stop Dean Kamen, we can find Osama. There you go. Yeah. He'll be the dead guy. <laughs> uh, All right. Next. Are you ready for a cool toy? Yeah. Okay. Something really cool. This is uh, pretty new. A lot of people talking about it, and I'm blown away by it. Shrinkster.com slash 4 November Victor. So NV. From hmm. our friends at Yamaha Electronics. What this is, is a speaker that you put underneath your screen that actually is 42 separate targeted speakers wow. individually amplified that aim sound off your walls to create 5.1 audio without putting speakers all the oh, way around Oh, that's insane. Wow. That's cool. And it works. Really? So you have to plug in the shape and dimensions of your room, the position of your chair or your sofa, and of, your, of the speakers itself, and then it modifies its projection angles to aim the speakers properly. Oh, 1500 wow. bucks retail. You know, we're almost living in the future. Huh. Huh. It's really not that much money for what it is. It is magic what they're doing there. But you could get a surround sound system for three hundred bucks. That's really good, though. Yes, but then you have to run the wires and the speakers. Oh, a wah wah, fifteen hundred bucks. Wah, you know, Besides, come on. This is far cooler. That's pretty cool, man. That I'll give you. Isn't it? Isn't your song say thirty nine speakers in my living room? Yeah, that's not quite thirty nine, is it? No, it's forty two. <laughs> hey, that's the meaning of life. <laughs> Yeah, it's but cool, you man. know what? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't pay fifteen hundred for it. It doesn't work for you. There are there are places where you'd want to do that. Places where you actually don't have the room to put in all these other speakers, things like that. 
an art gallery where you can't have something that I really obtrusive. doubt it would sound as good. I really so doubt you know it. what sucks for Yamaha is that they got to they got to it's got to be kind of hard to sell this thing right. People look at this and they're like, hmm, you know, I don't know if I should try it or not, right? Mm-hmm. I can see total total audiophiles and, and technif- te- technically inclined guys are going to go in and say, hey, yeah, okay, maybe I'll give it a shot. But general public, I think, is like, what? Bouncing no, off yeah, my wall. They just can't believe in the idea that it would work. Well, the other thing, too, is is that, you know, you got to realize, you know, it's probably what's on your wall is also going to, you know, impact this. Absolutely. Impact the sound quality, right? Sure. If it's if it's a clean If it's a clean wall, it would probably be a lot better sounding. Then, if you've got you know shag carpet and, and velvet paintings on it, like I do, if you have curtains, you know they'll totally <laughs> absorb the sound. Yeah. If you've got yeah. concrete, it's going to bounce all over the place. If you got wood, you know. So, I don't know. I don't. Generally speaking, you can expect that there's drywall with and, paint on and the so, wall. And so, to sell it, what do they got to do? They got to go to get get floor space and all of these you know Best Buys and and other stores right. like that. Set it up in a room. If you look at where it's being sold, it's not being sold at a place like Best Buy. It's generally upscale audio. Is it? Yeah. Hmm. It's cool. Okay. It looks really cool technology though. It's very slick. Yeah. I got two more items for you and they're eBay items. I didn't expect to end up here but I couldn't resist when I found them. They're both vehicles. Let me show you the first one. The real geek one. Uh-oh. Shrinkster.com for November whiskey. So NW. November whiskey, that's my my favorite kind of whiskey. There you go. <laughs> this is a sale, it's unfortunately completed already, for a 1984 GMC Vandura van that has been outfitted to do war driving. Really? So somebody's war driving is the process of finding Wi-Fi access out on the street. So the stuff they they put (laughs) in this vehicle is pretty crazy. There's, of course, an alarm system with a remote control and pager. Pretty much a necessity. <laughs> Serious Fosgate sound system. Uh, on-dash camera, RCA feeds. Um, hmm. The uh, uh, full power inverter, so you have enough power to run all your computers. Uh, rack mount systems inside. Um, police scanner, so you can find out what's going on out there. GPS system. And they've created a high-gain Wi-Fi antenna that's... O- uh, uh, mounted on the roof mm. so that you could pick up signals in longer distance. You know, I got a theory about this. I I leave my uh, network, my home network to the internet wide open, and I use a protection on my PCs themselves because I figure if there's a guy out in my front yard with, you know, his backpack or out in the woods behind my house – you know, with a with a freaking laptop computer trying to scam some interaccess man, more power to him. Knock you just go out. knock yourself out, buddy. You know. All right, are you ready for my last toy? It's okay. another vehicle again on eBay, although this one is still for sale. Ah, uh, all right. Shrinkster.com slash four November Yankee NY. All okay. right. Four November Yankee. Huh. Take a good look at it. What it is is a tornado chasing vehicle. They started with a $250,000 or $300,000 state-of-the-art Baja racing truck and then spend another $250,000 to reinforce to the point where it should be able to survive an F4 tornado. Wow. <laughs> a 250 mile to tor- an hour tornado. Oh, okay? man. Of course, if you're wrong, 
it isn't going to matter. <laughs> You'll notice at the bottom, they're quite specific about this. You have to sign a hold harmless agreement. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Oh, geez. That's funny. And it's the current bidding at this moment is at $121,000, which does not meet the reserve. Oh, uh, man. Hey, That's but they'll funny. have a, their own reality show when they're done, though. Right. Jeez. I mean, In fact, there's some videos here of them using this vehicle to chase tornadoes. Because the problem with tornadoes is they show up and disappear so quickly that average vehicles can't get there in time. So here's this race car so you can get there fast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's so funny. This made-for-TV adventure will star the lucky bidder. So if you win this bid, you're going to be on TV. Which is really another way of saying that their idea has run out of money. Yeah. <laughs> See, exactly. I have a cheap way to do this. When I was down in I was down in Florida when they had those hurricanes they were they were coming in there. And uh and my plan was uh strap a uh well get a helmet and then and 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 I don't remember what the helmet was for, I guess just for protection. But then and then strap a video camera to my chest with duct tape and and a parachute. And so when the t tornado was going to come by, I just, you know, uh, oh, and the hammer too. You need the hammer <laughs> to break the glass of your um, hotel room. And then you jump out and pull the parachute and hit the record button on the camera. <laughs> and then you can be on your own TV show. Nice. Nice. Indeed. All right. You guys fucking hate me now. I can tell. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wait, now? Now? Oh, that's too much. That's all the toys. That awesome. I can do today. That's awesome, Richard. All right. Great stuff. Well, you know, speaking of toys, and, and you know, I don't have anything nearly as cool as a tornado chasing car, but I also don't have that kind of death wish. Um, it's actually, it relates to some stuff here. I inherited this old machine. It was a Cobalt Rack 4 web server. These things were popular, I guess, you know, like four or five years ago. I don't know. I don't remember the exact time. They were web appliances. You know, you buy these things. You can be a total idiot. You plug some numbers into the thing and bam, you're a web hosting company. Um, but, you know, they, they slowly become more and more outdated. And now, you know, a bunch of them are going away and people are getting rid of them. And uh, our ISP guy here was getting rid of one. And so he gave it to me, pulled the hard drive and said, here, have a cobalt rack. This is like a computer, except it doesn't have a keyboard or a monitor port. And so I'm like, hmm, what am I going to do with this? Well, I decided I'd do what every great nerd does, which is install Linux on it. Um, <laughs> now, this is tricky when you got a computer that you can't talk to. So I did some research on it and uh, found out, well, you can do it, but you got to flash the firmware of the thing so that it will support the Linux kernel and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. One of my friends gives me a hard drive. I install the original OS on the thing, which required me to dig up an old Pentium 3 with the proper network card to boot the install CD off of. So mm. it would install the OS across a, uh, what's it called? A crossover network cable because you can't plug it into your network when it's not running and you run that other thing because it will kill everything. Mm. Um, Anyway, I finally get this thing running the old OS and like, sweet, I'll flash the ROM and I get an error, right? And this isn't when you want to get an error. You see, when you get an error, when you're flashing something's BIOS or... Uh, you're or, totally screwed. Yeah, right. you're screwed. This is when you convert like a $3,000 computer into a paperweight. Yep. Um, so I get this error and I do some research and I find out I'm one of oh, mm, two people that has ever gotten this error. <laughs> um, it's not sounding guy? good, man. Yeah. Um, and so... I keep researching, and I read about a couple of other people who've had similar problems flashing their ROM. They say, well, you know, you can check out this place called Rackware.com. And I'm like, okay, R-A-Q-W-A-R-E.com. 
And I'm like, oh, great. You know, these guys can sell me fans. And I'm like, huh, I wonder where these guys are. They're half an hour from my house. There's no. one company in the entire world, as far as I can tell, that sells replacement cobalt rack ROMs. And they're in New Haven, Connecticut. Hilarious. Wow. So. That's awesome. I'm like, well, you know, I still have this problem. The ROM is soldered to the motherboard, right? This is surface <laughs> mount components. And I'm like, oh, crap. And I'm like, awesome. well, I can... I can always desolder things. I got a solder workstation, or this guy can charge me 150 bucks to do it. I'm like, eh, okay. So I open up my rack just to make sure that it's soldered to the board. Because, you know, there are like 25 or 30 cobalt racks out there in the world that don't have uh, chip solder to them. And I've got a socket. Mm, I open up the cobalt rack. It's got a socket. Mm. So I drive to this guy's house. He's this really nice sort of like, I don't know, maybe mid-50s guy living in New Haven with about 150 cobalt racks in his basement. Awesome. And uh, <laughs> I pick up the chip, some fans. We talk about hiking. I bring the thing home. I put the chip in. and, uh, and We have a little dip in the hot tub. He put his foot on my foot. Yeah, you know, One it was thing a little to Michael Jackson moment. And, uh, <laughs> and soon he, too, was a lesbian. He'll, you'll do anything for a good piece of firmware, oh, won't you? Oh, yes. <laughs> But uh, I, I plug the chip in and it works. And, uh, you know, it's just too many coincidences. Like, there's this one company and it's yeah. new. It's very serendipitous. And you were meant Haven. to have this thing work. And this is what happens, folks, when you have more time than money. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, now, the thing is, my plan for this computer was to run this piece of software called Music Player Demon, uh, which is at MP, uh, what is it? MusicPD.org, um, which is this site that runs this software that lets you um, set up a computer that plays music so you can put that computer by your stereo or whatever and have all the other computers in your house say, I want to play this on my stereo. I want to play that on my stereo. Mm. Um, and so I put the computer in my living room. I install my new fans. I fire it up. And of course, it sounds like a jet engine. Uh-oh. <laughs> of course it does. It's rack gear. Yeah, it's rack gear. It sounds like a jet engine. I'm like, well, crap, I'm going to do it anyway. All I got to do is get a null modem cable. And I plug a null modem cable into the computer, and it doesn't work. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I restart the computer, and it uh, doesn't boot. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So I screw around with it for about half an hour. I unplug the null modem cable, and it boots. So thanks, Mm. Will. Your null modem cable breaks my rack when it's plugged in. And that's my story. (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing. (laughs) I got nothing, man. Nothing. Nothing at all. (laughs) I got nothing, man. I I got nothing but a a jet engine, no music playing, monitorless uh, computer that runs like an ancient version of Linux that if I expose it to the network will be hacked Instantly. Instantly. So, well, guys, it's been fun, huh? Yeah. Before That's we, a good one. Before we leave, I just went, Mark's going to take us out with the names he's been called this week. But before we do that, I just want to say to the listening audience and to you guys, you know, it, Mondays has been sort of a little of this and a little of that. And we tried a few things and we're trying to get a show on every week. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But it's always a lot of fun. And I'm really enjoying the really geeky uh, direction that we're taking this show in. And the listeners out there, we need your help in promoting Mondays. So we're trying to get as many listeners as we can. It's a grassroots thing, and you know we know we're never going to get a sponsor. So we Did might, as well get, uh, might as well get <laughs> might as well get as many listeners as possible. And uh, with that said, here's Mark Miller going to tell us all the names he's been called this week. Thanks, Carl. Uh, the first name is uh, Maggot Befriender. 
<laughs> maggot to befriend her. This is from a guy who simply has no respect for maggots, apparently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> next one, it's important to get the pronunciation on this next one correct. It's mangina. <laughs> mangina. <laughs> <laughs> this third one uh, came up in an IM session. Uh, I said, once you were the teacher, but and I was but the learner. Now I am the master. And the guy responds back, master of evil monkey butt munching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dickless ignoramus. <laughs> Retard... Afarian. <laughs> Retard Afarian, folks. Wackadoodle. <laughs> I have no idea what that meant. Wackadoodle. Wackadoodle. Stick shift driver. <laughs> Stick shift driver? <laughs> I, you know, I'm not called names by the smartest people in the world. And finally, you are the great Cornholio. Thank <laughs> you. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Love each other, but for Christ's sake, get a room first. See you later.